0: Pat McAfee. How's it going, man?
1: Life is good. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to chit-chat about 4th Down. I've listened to the 4th Down experience before. I've heard a couple conversations. I like what
2: you guys are doing. I'm excited to be a guest here. This is awesome. You and Gary Vee were probably our two biggest influences just to give us confidence to go forward with the special teams podcast. So thanks for everything, actually.
1: No problem. That's a real honor for you to say that. I appreciate it. Uh, I think my approach to the game is something that people could enjoy, so I thank you for doing that. And me and Gary Vee, being in the same sentence is truly a beautiful thing. I like that guy a lot.
3: Welcome to the 4th Down Experience, the podcast devoted to special teams. Your host of the 4th Down Experience, former pro free agent, nine-year professional kicking coach out of the Midwest, Coach Chris Hughesby! Alongside Coach Chris Hughesby is a former two-time arena bowl champion, nine-year pro kicking coach, repping the south, Coach Brian Jackson!
0: Recovery Edge Therapy's mission is to improve the quality of life of athletes everywhere, from high school to college to pros, Their advanced technology will give you the edge needed at a price you can afford. The Recovery Edge Therapy System is simple to use and is an essential tool to enhance your training routine. It's lightweight, portable, and can be worn on any part of the body. The Recovery Edge Therapy System is the solution to eliminating muscle soreness and quickly getting you back on your feet. Increase circulation, reduce soreness, reduce risk of injury, recover faster, and perform better. Order your Recovery Edge Therapy System today at www.recoveryedgetherapy.com. Hey guys, welcome to the 4th Don Experience Podcast. I'm Brian Jackson. Here's Chris Hughesby How are you, sir? I'm doing great. It's nice to have you live with me today. I know. These podcasts in Minnesota are not bad, especially here inside the house where it's not freezing temps. Uh, guys, we're excited about today's podcast. We have a pro bowler back-to-back. He's played for several seasons. A majority of his career has been with the Tennessee Titans. He's actually averaged 45.4 yards per 824 punts in his career. Nice. And 308 of those punts have been inside the 20. It's pretty dope to see stats like that on Wikipedia. Let's uh, welcome Brett Kern to the show. Brett, how are you, man? What's up, guys? How
2: you doing? Hey, we're doing great. Thanks for uh, joining us on the 4th Down Experience. And congrats on the recent Pro Bowl nod. That's got to feel pretty good. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's uh, It was a grind. Uh, you know, last year, uh, my 10th season, and,
3: I uh, felt like I had seasons that were probably good enough to go, but, um, I mean, there's, there's so many good punters, uh, you know, trying to go against McAfee and, you know, the Coquit brothers and, uh, Sam Cook at Baltimore that it's just, uh, you need a lot to happen, um, to go your way. Um, you know, no big returns, maybe, you know, no block punts that could really mess with your net, so, uh, you
0: know, it took me 10 years to get my first one, and then, um, yeah, I'm blessed to, to be able to go to to, to another one this year, so back that should be uh, pretty cool. So Brett, like talking about Pro Bowl, and obviously uh, you know, there's several notable punters that you mentioned, um some that are done, some that are uh, still playing. <clears throat> like we saw we see here with your stats that you have basically half of your punts have landed inside the twenty. Um you averaged almost forty-eight yards a punt, long of sixty-two. Like, what goes into, you think, like, the selection of, of Pro Bowl punters and, like, how that process works with, with, your, with your veteran status, like, doing this 10, 11 years? Like, what, what gets you the nod of a Pro Bowl punter? Well, I'll just,
3: I'll just go based off kind of what myself, uh, you know, when we go through the voting process last week. Um, you know, I sit down with Brian Suckup, you who's know, a kicker here, and, uh, you know, this is his 10th year or so. Um, and then our long snapper, Brinkley and then our special teams coach so we kind of sit down and um, I watch film uh, every week of pretty much
1: every punter (laughs) through whatever team we're playing against so we're playing against the Redskins this week so all the games that they play um, and then uh, some of the uh, prior games you can pretty
3: much put whatever you want on your iPad so I've pretty much watched almost every single punt this year so I have a good idea of kind of Who's hitting it well? Who um, maybe not, but has some really good stats. Uh, they're kind of relying on their cover guys uh, to do a lot of work. Um, but you know, I look at the net. Uh, that's kind of a team thing. Uh, the gross. Um, I'm, you know, one year uh, I had I think thirty some i twenty, so my gross was down a little bit just because you know I was required to hit you know ball might be in the forty yard line, and um, you know a thirty yard punt is a fair catch of the ten. So uh, those can kind of really kind of chip away at your gross throughout the year. Um, so I've had years where I've had Y 20s but my gross has been lower. Uh, last year, you know, we were going the last time of the year, and we were averaging over 50. And, um, you know, I had, I think, six punts the whole year from the 50 going in. So I was kind of required to, uh, to just kind of bang away. Um, you know, I had four or five punts um, from the two- or three-yard line that I just had to
0: the the details it's, it's really cool to hear this perspective uh anytime we do these podcasts chris and i are learning so many things and we know the viewers are too uh just for reference so folks know uh the statistical data that you did last year as well you had 75 punts last year long as 74 49.7 gross a 44.6 net which shoot there's college kickers across the country that would like that as just their gross alone um and then 28 inside the 20. So I see what you mean on how, uh, you've been very consistent the past two two seasons with those numbers and and maybe that was also in consideration of whoever made the voting on man look look what this guy's doing two years in a row. Yeah,
3: uh, that's yeah that could've been it. Um, you know I'm also partial to guys that kick outside compared to guys that kick in the dome. Um, you know, it's it's nice to, to be able to punt. You know, eight to ten games inside every year compared to, uh, Nashville is a great place to, to punt. It's uh, our state can be a little tricky, but you know compared to uh, somebody you know playing in Buffalo or you know you Allen up in New England, he's, he's done such a great job up there uh, punting. You know, that's a tough place to punt. Uh, so I kind of there's a bunch of different factors you look at, but you know it's also cool watching all this film. You can see what guys are doing, uh, different. You know, we call them the, the tools in the tool bag that you yeah. have. You know, what types of punt, uh, what types of punts are you hitting and what sort uh, situations you're hitting them. You know, it depends on the returner, too. Um, some guys are they're cautious of, 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 maybe, of maybe catching uh, a shorter punt. And so, you know, Hecker came up with a punt a couple of years ago where he, he literally hits a duck hook on purpose, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a ball that's maybe a 3-3 three, three or 3-4 three, hang time, which some might think that's a terrible hit, but um, it's 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 extremely effective. So you kind of look around the league and see what what some guys are doing in certain situations, and uh, and then you know the off comes around, you go around and practice them, and
2: some I've implemented, and others I just I just can't do it. So yeah. So of the you know you're talking about some of the unique punts that you've seen guys do. You know, are there some that you sort of pull out of your tool bag to use, too, besides just the traditional or the Aussie punt? Do you got any kind of unique fun ones that you like to pull out every once in a while?
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, the Aussie punt is a, is a fun one just because you, you can control it so well. But uh, I also have a, a, a knuckleball that uh, Craig Hendrick actually taught me when I first got here back in uh, 09. Um Just a nasty knuckleball that it came to the point where there were so many returns that just wouldn't even want to return it that uh, they would just let it hit. And most of the time with that, you'd, you'd get a pretty bad hop. And um, so that became one where I only use maybe if it's really, really windy. Um, you know, I think two years ago in September, I had about a 20-mile wind in my back, and I hit, like, a 55-yard knuckleball. Uh, and the return just let it go. And it rolled, I think, for maybe 60, 65. Um, so there's certain situations you want to use different punts. But, um, you know, so I've, I've got the boomerang part where it's just a low... Um, you know, you offset like you're punting right, and that gets the returner to cheat because I, I have a pretty high tendency
1: of, of liking to punt to my right. So returner might even play me on the numbers, uh, cheat over that bad. So, you know, I look like I'm, I'm punting right, and then you kind of drop it, not sideways, but uh, it's like kind of like a half side ball, and then uh, maybe like a flip-flop or an Aussie ball. And that thing is a really low hang time and it almost always spins forward so it might only go 40 in the air uh
3: but you might get 15 20 yard uh, roll out of it and of course that's all net so yeah um those are pretty much the ones i use um for the most part but i know johnny and sam they got a couple other balls that they like to hit that uh um are, are really effective, so there's there's probably going to be a couple of balls I try this off season just to just to kind of fool around with and see if I can put
2: any in the uh, in the toolbox. You know, one thing that I found that's interesting for punting, because we a lot of times at camps and lessons, you know, we're teaching kids how to directional punt, you know, and maybe how to how to preset your feet but not show it with your body and things like that. And then now in the league, you see punters, Mister Miss doing a lot of misdirection where they look like they're maybe going to go straight or they go right, but then they punt it left. I mean, that the misdirection part is just incredible to see, just the control that you can do it at that level. Um, do you see that a lot, too, with some of the guys you train with or even, you know, yourself? Um, uh, you know, I've done a couple camps just around here, you know, locally in Nashville. And um, I think, you know, for, for a lot of the kids that are in high school or maybe even just get to college, I think it's just important to um, really work on your base, your foundation, kind of your money punt like for me it's
3: you know going right about a 4-5 and putting it right on the sidelines um, And so that's kind of like my go-to turns over doesn't wobble it's just a tight spiral that I know I feel like if I'm if I need one to go 50 out of bounds and almost no put it in a trash can like that's the punt that I could do um, and so I've just kind of I've done that over and over and over again and I feel like in certain situations in a game, you know, it might be in the fourth quarter you just need a big punt or, or something that, um, you know, the team needs you to, to maybe change the field position. Um, you know, I can just go back to that money punt, whether I'm on the right hash or the left hash and I have to go across the field, which is even, you know, that's a lot of ground you got to cover trying to get over to the sidelines. So I think it's important just to work on your base, um, you know, just the consistent steps, the consistent drop, and really just get that um, – into rhythm or muscle memory of doing that, I feel like I could, um, you know, put the ball down and not punt for two months and and then go out to the field and boom, you just pick it right up just from muscle memory. And so once you get that down, um, then, and you're you're confident with that, then you can kind of start uh, fooling around with other punts. And it probably took me until maybe year eight in the league where I felt comfortable back there with, with what I felt was a money punt,
0: and then over these past three or four years, um, I felt like I've been able to to kind of implement some other punts. So, Brett, we, we obviously we see a lot of guys in the NFL that are three-step punters, and what I try to explain to high school kids because a lot of them will watch the games on Sundays and they'll see that, so they so they think that they can do three steps. And I have to explain to them, well, they're in the NFL, they have ten of the best, you know. Athletes blocking, blocking, running, best snappers out there. So, you know, presumably they get that extra step in because probably they get a little bit extra time. Where you're at the high school level, you know, you're having to get it off as quick as possible because obviously the opposite of what I just said. So, like, what would you say to high school punter on if they should be like a two stepper or a a three, a quick three step or like what's your, what would be, what would you say to a group of kids right now? Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, some of those guys that are three-steppers,
3: uh, you know, that first step, that jab, is pretty big. Uh, but there's uh, so much power. Um, I think if you were to see that in person, you, would, you wouldn't really realize how much power goes into uh, those those steps. And uh, so I think that there's really, you know, you, you have guys like that that are in the league that just, uh, I mean, sometimes I can't even watch them warm up because they're hitting, you know five three five four, five fives and, and i can't you know you're 11 i'm 32 years old i just don't have that in the tank anymore so <laughs> for me i'm more about you know direction and hit my spots and just try to be consistent uh you know hitting a four 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 five four six ball but i i, I pretty much know where it's going to go um mm-hmm. so you know it's, it's kind of depends on the punter um you know, if you're going to be a three-step in high school, then your your get-off time, your handling time, better be mighty quick. Um, you know, my long snapper, uh, Bo, he's probably one of the fastest in the NFL, and he's around a, you know, point six oh, point six five. So that gives me, um, you know, our goal is to get it in, to get it off in two o. So, you know, that allows my handling time to be, you know, around a one three. Well, if you have a snapper.
0: He did pretty well, and then he started to struggle a little bit. Well, when he got out to San Francisco, he took away his jab step, and now he's a really short, two-step, compact uh, kicker. And now he's one of the, I think he's one of the best in the league because he's so compact, and it's, it hits a, a consistent ball every single time. And um, and so I think the shorter you are, I think the better, more compact, uh, the better it is and the more consistent you can be. Right, and we even see with Suckup that he's – you know your kicker, he's a two stepper, and and I, I love. You yeah, he, he took out the jab. He told me, but we had a conversation when he came here in uh, 14, 2014, He was uh, working on really getting that
3: the jab just completely gone because he said I was just my jab step was was kind of all over the place. It would be one time it'd be six inches, the next time you know if it was a longer field goal, I felt like it needed to be a foot, and then I was hitting the ball differently, so. He's like, I just took it out, and now
0: he's, you know, now he's got the NFL record for most consecutive kicks under 50 yards made in a row. So um, there's something to be said to it. Yeah, I love that. Um, so just you're basically parlaying into the next part there, where if you have big steps, you know, that can mess up some other things. And I and I think I know one of those things that you're talking about, and that's probably one of the biggest issues that we see at the high school level, and even really the college level at the freshman sophomore year are guys that cross over you know they take that step out to the right and they cross back over and it's like they don't even realize they're doing it. We even show them on video how bad they're taking like literally a foot to the right with that first step and then they wonder why their ball is like you know upside down coming down left 25 yards and they don't get it. Um, Obviously we have several drills that we do but just out of curiosity for you if, if you're in the middle going down middle if you're right going right you're walking straight on a straight line. What's, what's like a go-to drill or what would you recommend to a specialist on working on their feet and trying to stay straight? Yeah, probably, uh, that's, that's
3: an issue that I think plagues every single punter. Uh, it's a bad one (laughs) because it can result to some pretty ugly balls. Um, but you know, a big one that I do is, uh, I'll just go, I'll just pick out a yard line, um, it's a 20 or something. And, um, I'll be sure to walk on the left side of the line mm-hmm. and I'll walk straight, but then my drop will be on the line. Nice. Cause I think a big thing too is when you start crossing over, the biggest thing I feel like it leads to is an inside drop. Cause you're really shortening. You're crossing up your steps, but then when you put it out there because your feet are so crossed up, uh, your, your upper part of your body is not aligned to anything down mm-hmm. below. And a lot of times that leads to, uh, an inside drop, and uh, I think a tendency is for an inside drop You don't want to. You feel like if you put it too far outside, you're going to shoot. So, um, I think the tendency is to, to have an inside drop. So for me, uh, it's just a really good drill to keep my feet straight. Because I'm using that white line as a guide, but then also to make sure when I'm dropping it that it's just a little bit outside. It's not much, you know. I'm, I'm you know, you're talking about my right foot when I'm stepping is is just about an inch or two. Uh, outside of the the white line Uh, that drop is is staying nice and outside so I usually start every practice I'll just go down you know down and back so what 53 yards down and and then back and that's it and that really just kind of triggers myself to okay this is this is the muscle memory boom I'm taking these steps nice and square and that drop
2: is just a tad outside of of that right foot. Nice yeah I like that that's a That's a cool drill. I mean, you you always hear of the traditional walk down the line drills, which is still good, but just to, that you know that that explanation kind of takes it to another level and that adjustment. So I like that. So you know, even for guys who want to just take their punting to another level, I mean, that's a great drill right there to do. Um, so I so I want to kind of flip flip gears here. Um, I just want to talk about the Pro Bowl. You know, we haven't. Uh, recently had a a pro bowl guy on the the podcast and we haven't ever talked about it. I'm curious to find out what the pro bowl experience is like as an athlete and especially as a specialist. So would you be willing to share kind of what that week is like, maybe the activities you do, what practice is like when you really have like a week to prepare, you know, for kind of a fun all-star game. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh,
3: it was a pretty great experience last year. Um, And, uh, you know, they have obviously gone to Orlando and, uh, right there, you know, Disney World and and all that kind of stuff. So my kids were, uh, you know, my nine-year-old son and then my six-year-old daughter, my two-year-old daughter, uh, it was was really quite an experience for them because they do a really good job of making it family oriented. So, I mean, you got like a VIP eight-hour tour of Disney and they shut down after Universal Studios closed at seven, um they shut it down and they opened the park back up just for Pro Bowl people. So there's no lines, no wait. You know, we went on a roller coaster four times in a row
1: because there was no line. So, (laughs) uh, it was a a really cool experience and, um, you know,
3: my kids got to meet all their favorite Disney characters and you get frozen, stuck in your head over and over again. (laughs) uh, uh, But, uh, practice wasn't even practice. It wasn't even like a walkthrough. You just went out there and you signed autographs and, uh, you know, the guys met for probably about a half an hour to talk about you know certain plays that they were going to run and kind of the terminology so everybody was on the same page. And uh, you know, I remember going out there thinking, "All right, hey coach, when you know when, when's punt period?" And he looked at me like, "What are you talking about? Like you don't have to punt." And I was like, "Okay, this works." So <laughs> uh, I remember the one day, Hector and I went out there and you know we just hit some balls for the for the fans to kind of ooh and ah over and um and it was, uh, it was a really cool experience because my son got to come with me to all the practices and in the locker room it's just extremely laid back uh, he's playing catch with you know Ben Roethlisberger and Derek Carr and um, you know he uh, got brought some stuff to, to bring down to, to get autographs so he's hopping you know getting an autograph from Drew Brees and then he was you know getting one from Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown and it's just a it's a really really cool experience um, just to Honestly, the, the, the coolest part about it was knowing that, you know, your peers, the other guys that are in the league, and the coaches voted you in. Um, you know, they say that the fan vote is important, but um, I think when it really boils down to, it, the fan vote is just kind of maybe a tiebreaker. Um, but but to be voted in by your coaches and your peers is, uh, is a really cool thing. So it was fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, again, if, if we uh, – you know, don't make a Super Bowl run here, but uh, it's, uh, it's it's fun to be able to go back down there and kind of know the ropes already and kind of what to expect. And, you know, I know my kids are really excited to, to go to Disney and Universal Studios again.
0: Yeah, they're probably like, Dad, you got to get Pro Bowl every year now. You can't get, you, can't, you know, like... We, yeah, my six-year-old daughter, she uh, kept the hotel room key from last year. And, <laughs> hey, what do you got this
3: key for? She goes, well, Dad
1: going to go
0: again next year, right? I said, oh, no, it's not, it's not that easy, love, but uh, Daddy's sure going to try. And um, so, of course, now we're going back-to-back, back, so I'm setting quite a precedent for my kids. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, well, wow. so, hey, so you've really given some great tips here with, with punting and and even just some of your practice routines and, and what the Pro Bowl is like. It's kind of cool to hear, hear that inside info, and obviously you're very deserving with what you've done the last two seasons. Um wanted to talk about uh, college real quick and re- and recruiting because cause you're from New York, and um, I-, I think New York and Florida are kind of similar. I'm from Al- I'm from Alabama, but in Alabama, we have schools all surrounding us, you know, in Mississippi, Louisiana, Georgia. like Florida's kind of tucked down there. so it's kind of hard for those guys to to get recruited sometimes. And I-, I don't know if that's the same with New York. Um maybe talk about the recruiting process with Toledo. How'd you end up there? Uh, talk about, you know, sophomore junior in high school kicking punting whatever and then and then to signing day and mo- moving forward we want to hear your story
2: hey what's up forty nation this podcast has been brought to you by nkr the national kicking rankings platform it's the new and innovative national evaluation and rankings platform for kickers punters and snappers launched in 2017 this camp offers you a great balance of athletic evaluation and instruction you'll get honest feedback and rankings Exposure to college coaches, but this camp is brought to you by credible coaches with experience that will deliver a high quality and detailed instruction to you. NKR offers an active social media platform that will give you proper exposure to all the collegiate outlets. This camp was developed by Brian Jackson, Chris Hughesby, and Tom Feely using a proven camp format from the last 7 to 8 years that specialists have come to love. Many of the specialists have received opportunities to play at all collegiate levels, including Power 5 conferences. If you'd like to attend an upcoming camp this offseason, visit www.NationalKickingRankings.com and check out the camps page. Or follow us on social media on Twitter at nkr_camps. camps. That's NKR camps. Or on Instagram at National Kicking Rankings to learn more about us and follow our growth. Come see what all the hype is all about and check out NationalKickingRankings.com. Yeah, I mean, I grew up playing soccer,
3: um, so it was a huge part uh, of my life. My dad played pro soccer, so I kind of wanted to, to follow his footsteps and, and maybe play soccer over in Europe, but to um, you know, get there, uh, you, a lot of people, a lot of uh, guys weren't getting scholarships for, for soccer, so it's just not, it just doesn't happen, so um, I was kind of done with soccer, burnt out, so I threw or anything like that um, you know up there you, you, I went to Syracuse, so I went to Michigan Ohio State, Penn State just because I figured those were some of the schools that I wanted to try to play for <clears throat> so I tried to,
0: to go to those camps and get recognized by their, uh, by their coaches and uh, I was really close to going to Michigan uh, but they ended up firing their special teams coordinator uh, about I think it was two months before signing day and they went with Zoltz and Mesko um, I remember instead. that day.
3: and uh, yeah obviously you had a great, year, great career at Michigan and he played I think five or six years in the league so um, but uh, I got some other offers that were just kind of you know Cal Berkeley I, just, I didn't want to go out there and uh, Missouri no SEC schools or, I didn't even I honestly growing up to New York I didn't really know what the SEC was so mm-hmm. um, uh, I was hoping to go to Syracuse or maybe Penn State but they just weren't scholarship and Uh, A putter at the time. So I ended up uh, getting a call from Toledo, and they were, you know, pretty darn good in the MAC. And, uh, you know, uh, University of Buffalo, they were in the MAC. And so I I knew a little bit about it, but uh, I figured, hey, it's a five hour drive from Buffalo. Let me go give this a whirl. And uh, I I liked it. And the biggest thing was they said, hey, we're going to give you a full ride. Some of these schools, and you know, they have a punter that's on scholarship, and then they have three or four other punters that are there. So there's kind of always a constant competition, I guess you could say. Whereas at Toledo, like I was the guy, I was it for four years, and so I didn't have that pressure necessarily of feeling like I needed to keep, you know, my job as the starter, you know, in college. So that was really that was really important to me. It allowed me just to really focus on punting and not have to worry about. Some other circumstances that might come up uh, with other kids, you know, that were punters on the on the roster. Um, so I was a little discouraged because I thought I needed to go to a big school uh, to make it to the NFL. But that, I mean, that's not the case. Uh, the, the one thing I've learned most about the NFL is that if you got the skills, if you got the talent, they're going to find you. So um, whether you, whether you punt in the MAC or you know you kick um, somewhere else, I mean, Jason Myers. Uh, he's you know the Pro Bowl kicker this year. Uh, he went to Mercer, I think, or mm. some some school in Mer- New York. Marist, you know, it was, it was predominantly basketball school, and he's now a Pro Bowl kicker. Um, so I mean, uh, you look at Lachlan Edwards and and Sam Martin, you know, punting for the Jets and the and the Lions, respectively. They both went to App State, so you don't necessarily need to go to a big school um, to go to the NFL. I think it's more important to get more years under your belt and get comfortable of, of, of punting at that level so that when you go to the NFL or you try to go to the NFL, you're, you're used to that. Um, you're used to kind of the speed and, and, and just having more reps under your belt in games. So went to Toledo, started off four years, and um, met my wife there, which is, which is probably the best part about Toledo. And uh, I didn't even get invited to the Combine. Um, none of that. Uh, I had one workout with the Browns, uh, Brad Seeley, who's now the special teams coach uh, for the Texans, and that was it. So I was pretty discouraged because I felt like, um, you know, I felt like I was good enough to go, but I just wasn't getting the exposure um, as far as being invited to the Combine and all that stuff. But uh, thankfully, my agent, he went to the Combine, and all the kids that were there didn't do so hot, so that kind of vaulted me up from being, hey, this is the maybe the fifth or sixth rated punter. Now all these other guys in the common didn't do very well. Let's give this kid a, a tryout or, a, a, you know, let's look at him at least. So uh, I actually went out to Zahner. I was just probably one of his first punters uh, myself and a kid named uh, Garrett Hartley who uh, won mm-hmm. a Super Bowl ring with the Saints. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were out there. We were kind of his guinea pigs, I guess you could say. And uh, <laughs> so he, he helped me. Um, get exposure, and uh, you know it was also nice to, to kind of help him kind of get his thing started. So um, I ended up not getting drafted, and uh, I was undrafted, and went to the Denver Broncos, and uh, had to compete against two other punters that were on the roster. So uh, the last minicamp before uh, the last mini camp before you uh, <clears throat> you know you went to training camp, the special teams coordinator came up to and said, "Hey, look, we're having a 15 minute pump period." whoever does the worst is getting cut, this is how it's going to be, so we had a 15 minute punt period, and we all had about eight or nine punts apiece, and thankfully I did the best, and the kid that didn't do the best,
1: uh, when the practice was over, there was a guy waiting in his locker, so uh, it's pretty, pretty pretty cutthroat, so, um, you know, I was able to to play my rookie year there, and then made it, uh, you know, through a coaching change, and uh, six games into my second year they um, decided to make a change and they let me go and uh, I was picked up off waivers the next day by the Titans and you know
0: I've been here ever since so it's uh, it's been a pretty crazy journey I uh, never never really thought I'd be you know punting footballs in the NFL but um, you know that's how God works sometimes you not really sure how, how that's going to go down but uh, you know put my trust in him and, and uh, he's taking care of it absolutely um you know, going back to Toledo, and I, I was uh, fortunate enough to compete against you three out of the four years uh, while I was at Ball State, and we had guys like Roethlisberger and, you know, Randy Moss when Marshall was in the MAC. Like, what do you think about going to mid-major versus a an F, a major FBS school as a specialist? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't
3: think it really matters because you're kicking the same object, you know, yeah. and uh, kicking up football is kicking a football, so... Um, you know, I've talked to some other kids around here that are like, hey, I want to go to Alabama. I'm like, well, how many, how many kickers are on the, on the squad there? Oh, there's six. Okay, well, you know, what's another option? Well, I could go to Memphis, okay. Well, how many kids are kicking there? Well, I'd be the only kicker on the roster. Okay. Steven Koskowski went to Memphis. worked out pretty well for him. So, <laughs> like... You know, I understand. Like you want to go to these big programs and and all that stuff, and that's great. I mean, that's you know, that's that's all for. It. But coming from somebody who went to a smaller, you know, mid major, um, you know, I was able to, to punt for for all four years and 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 not have to worry about you know coming to
2: practice and seeing five other kickers all kicking footballs, thinking mm-hmm. like, hey, if I have an off week or maybe two or three off weeks, they might make a change. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and like I said, I mean, kicking a football is kicking a football, and if the NFL notices that you can kick a football really well, they're going to give you a chance. Wow, that's, that's great. I mean, that's, that's like what we try to preach at these camps when we tell kids about the college recruiting process, what to expect. It's obviously great to hear it from somebody that, that has gone through it. So, um, well, what we always like to do here is wrap up our interviews with this, our staple question. So you've been in the league for a while, so it's going to be fun to hear this. Um, But we ask every athlete uh, to tell us your five favorite stadiums you've ever played in, in the NFL. Uh, They're all indoor. (laughs) (laughs) Every punter says that. Every punter says that.
3: Five favorite. Um, I'll tell you what. Dallas is really cool. Ball flies in there. Wow. Uh, Did you hit the scoreboard? Down in Miami, they redid their stadium. And uh it used to be, you know, a twenty mile hour wind would just destroy you. Well they, they they converted it into almost like a dome, but it's you know, still open. Uh, and the ball the ball really flies down there. So that's that's another good one. Um, I like Houston a lot. Houston's a good place to
0: pine. Um, let's see how that's three. Um, Arizona's really cool. Um the Cardinals play. That's a, that's a fun fun place to go punt, and then probably the last one, was probably this year, being able to play over in Wembley. Um, nice, Wembley Stadium. Just just from all the history with soccer and stuff, but uh, it was a really cool stadium to punt in. And uh, the surprisingly, the ball the ball flew pretty well out there. But um, grass was terrible. But uh, it was a good, it was a cool place to to punt some footballs. Nice. It's nice to hear to hear that kind of wide range. What you got, Chris? Sorry.
2: Have you played in U.S. Bank Stadium up in Minnesota yet? I haven't played in the new one. I played in the Metrodome Yeah. before they demolished it. So yeah. yeah, the new ones, as far I've played in every
0: NFL city, but as far as new stadiums, uh, I've played in the new Minnesota one or Atlanta's, the Mercedes. I have played in that one either. Yeah, they're both great. Yeah, the Atlanta's pretty sweet. We went to a soccer game with Atlanta United, and just the soccer game alone was pretty electric. Um, one one final question here, uh, just because the last few punters that we've had the opportunity to interview, I've really just wanted to pick their brains, and obviously I wanted to pick your brain, Brett. Uh, being a six foot two guy, it's nice because we've had a couple six foot four guys on this podcast, and a couple of five eleven six foot guys, and just talking about the drop table. Um, you know what? What's your opinion? Should these guys be coming out from the hip, from the gut? Should they be coming out from the nipples? Should they be coming out from the quad? Uh, what What would you say to to punter? Is one more tip here on their drop table?
3: Yeah, I think um, I think the biggest thing is you got to find your sweet spot. So for me, mine's right at the belt line. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of pretend like I'm uh, taking a carton of eggs and just kind of placing it on a on a table. You know, I've got to be very delicate with it and keep everything relaxed. Uh, keep your, your drop head relaxed. If you got tension in your fingers or anything like that, uh, you know, that can easily cause your back end to drop or your nose to drop. You might be turning the ball a little bit too much. Um, so, but then there's other guys that have, they, they might have a faster leg and they can maybe go a little bit higher with the drop table. Some guys might have a little bit slower leg and they might have to to drop it uh, below the belt line a little bit, so mm. I think, you know, for me, it was, it was pretty easy to tell where it was, because I would try a lower drop, and I wasn't, I was kind of hitting the back end of the ball, and then, you know, as I raised it, all of a sudden, boom, I got to that belt line, and just started piping balls, just one after another, and then I was like, all right, well, let's raise it a little bit more, and as I raised it, my leg just wasn't quite fast enough mm. to be able to go catch that, so... So then, obviously, I knew that that was. Hey, I can't get it above <laughs> belt line. You know, when I get it below, I kind of hit the back end of the ball. So for me, belt line—that's my—that's my spot. But uh, you know, I look at uh, Logan Cook, who's you know rookie in Jacksonville, and he's six, you know, four six five, and he is—I mean, he's up way up there. And but that's where he can get his leg up there with his flexibility and his leg speed, and can compound it. You know, if I tried that, I would a good chance I'd be on IR for a torn hamstring. so um, yeah I guess you kind you can just kind of play with it. Um, kind of wherever you know you feel like you're the most consistent and you're hitting your best ball. Um, you know that's kind of where where your drop, where you drop uh, line needs to be. like I said, mine's at the belt because that's where I feel like I'm, I'm
0: the most. Consistent. <coughs> What's your opinion on the angle of the drop? Do you think it should be a little bit of a nose in, slightly pointed down? Or what's, what do you do? Yeah, to me, it just depends on what kind of point you're trying to hit. Um, you know, I always have kind of, uh, you know, that nose is probably pointed at, you know, with Ryan, like I, we always refer to everything on the clock. So whether it's
3: laces, you know, you're 12 o'clock, all that kind of stuff. But then mm-hmm. even when I'm dropping, you know, I well, want my nose kind of pointed at maybe, you know, 1130, uh, maybe 11 o'clock, so you want a little bit on it. Um, but uh, you know, if, I'm, if there's a little bit of wind and you're trying to hit a lower ball, then you can maybe drop the nose a little bit. You know, obviously, always keeping it flat is is obviously for you know most consistent. And then um,
2: sometimes if you maybe have a little bit of wind at your back or you're just trying to hang one up there, then you kind of raise the nose a little bit. So a lot just depends on what type of putt you're you're trying to hit. Awesome. <clears throat> well, this insight was great. Um, we we appreciate you being on. And thank you, and uh, love the insight, love the talk, and just hearing about your experiences so far over the years in the Pro Bowl. So want to wish you good luck, too, in your game coming up here this weekend. So thank you.
0: I appreciate it. Thanks, Brett, man. Best of luck uh, trying to make a playoff run here and, and uh, have fun with the fam down in Orlando for sure.
3: Awesome. I appreciate you guys for having me on and, and
0: talking a little uh, nerdy special teams. Uh, <laughs>
2: Place nice. to do it. Place to do it. All right, man. Good luck. Uh, have a great right. day.
0: Thanks, Brett. Take care, guys. Yep. Right. See, you, Brett. Man, what a wonderful guy. That that dude knows his stuff. It Was really cool to hear all the knowledge bombs that he was dropping. Um, over ten years of experience in the NFL. Played in the MAC, the conference that I played in. Lots of wind elements and all that. You know, this is a guy that's six foot two, two fifteen, from New York. Um, punted at a mid-major school at Toledo. And he's going to his second Pro Bowl in a row after, after 10 years. You heard him. You know, he said, hey, I, after, after eight years, that's when I started figuring it out. And by the 10th year, he got a Pro Bowl nod. So, um, you know, guys that, that think that you're struggling at the college level or the high school level, I mean, this guy is saying that he's hitting his prime eight years into the league. So, I mean, you got to think. He's 32 right now. When he was 29, 30 years old, that's, that's when he started hitting his prime. So that's that's pretty cool to hear that affirmation, Chris. Yeah, yeah, I really loved hearing that.
2: Um, just to hear the consistent message, you know that that he was talking about that you typically hear with with what Brian and I say are just kicking and punting coaches too. Um, I love the fact that he reiterated that you don't necessarily have to go to the big brand name power five schools, although that's great would be a dream, but the competition is also higher there. And, and I loved his perspective on. Saying, hey, I was a four-year starter. I got, I got reps, and I think that that helped me get into the league. You know, so um, I thought that was sweet. Uh, this is a very fun interview, and hate to sound like a broken record, they're all awesome, they're their own unique way. So hopefully, you guys enjoy this. Um, a lot of a lot of tips on punting was shared, guys. So if you'd be willing to um, retweet, share this post on your social media, and just share the love. You know, we're. We're growing, and it's all because of you guys. So uh, thanks again. Uh, if you like this value, like like we always say, please leave us a five-star review. That helps the podcast out. It, it does help spread the word a little bit, too, when, uh, when we get those. So, again, thanks, guys, and uh, I guess we'll see you next week. See you guys. Later.
3: Thank you for listening to the 4th Down Experience. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fourth Down Experience.